You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening persecuted Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at www.opendoorsca.org. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the World Watch Weekly podcast from Open Doors Canada. My name is Jared. June 19 is the International Day for the Elimination of Sexual Violence in Conflict. Sexual violence is a reality for many members of our persecuted family, particularly women. And during the One With Them campaign, we've been praying for Christians who are in captivity. And that includes the captivity of forced marriage, which results in traumatic experiences of sexual violence for many of our persecuted sisters. This week, Andrew had the chance to sit down with Turim, a worker from the Open Doors Trauma Center in Nigeria, to talk about sexual violence amidst persecuted Christians. As you can guess, this episode will contain discussions that may be triggering, but we hope it's informative, and thank you for continuing to pray for victims of violence. I am pleased to be joined today by Tiram. Tiram is a trauma counselor working in sub-Saharan Africa uh, with our local partners there. And so, Tiram, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, we are we are excited to talk with you and, and hear about the work that you're involved in and, and how we can pray. That's really the goal of our podcast is to get people to be praying for our persecuted family around the world. And so if you could start by just telling us a little bit about the work you do with victims of uh, sexual violence and abduction. Okay, I'm excited to, to be able to share with us what is happening around here and to get the whole family of believers praying for us. Um, my work is focused basically on the emotional healing for people that are traumatized, or especially the women that are sexually abused and also kidnapped or abducted by, um, by extremists or terrorists. So basically we give them trauma support, we give them trauma intervention. And this is done out of their familiar environment where they are not able to lift up their heads and as women. So we bring them out of those environments and we, we, we provide um, trauma care for them. So we have um, like a workshop, uh, times for five days, sometimes for lesser than that. And sometimes there, are, there, are, there is a need for them to exceed those days, especially for those that have um, started manifesting P PSTDs. So we we actually work to bring healing, emotional healing to them and help them to be able to um, develop resilience and also to um, reintegrate into the society. Uh, that's amazing. And uh, so as a Christian, how do you incorporate Christ into your counseling? And what is the benefit of, of having a, a biblical and Christ-focused counseling? Research has showed that people that believe in God, in a God, have um, more capacity to heal faster from trauma than those that do not believe at all. So for us as Christians, the materials that we use 
for trauma healing is um, incorporated with um, Bible mental health and Bible principles. So for, for example, you know, we use the healing the wounds of trauma, how the church can help. So basically every, every part of the session has a Bible back into it. For the first lesson, if God loves us, why do we suffer? So when someone is traumatized and is being abused, especially women going through this kind of sexual violence, at a point in their life, they really ask, does God really exist? Is there a God somewhere? So with the Bible lessons we try with, with the trauma healing, there is Bible verses that help them to understand that they have, um, that they help them to understand the character of God and the foundation or the roots of evil, the roots of suffering on earth and our hope, our future hope, which is eternity. So because the world is corrupt and there is corrupted and there are so many ills and evil in the world, it's difficult for us to bring the world back to the original sense of it when God said that everything he created was good and beautiful. So, but we have, uh, a, we have hope in Christ that in, in, in future, life, life after this world, it's going to be like the beginning where there was no suffering, there was no pain, there was no sickness, there was no death, and there was no, um, there was no sin. So um, it's very, very beneficial for the people to understand that this world, because of sin, it's already corrupt. And the only thing that gives us hope, it's our faith in Christ Jesus and our faith, our hope that um, this life will end one day and this suffering will end one day and we will live internally with Christ in peace, in harmony and in love. Amen. Amen. That's that's amazing, and and, and it's awesome that uh, that research backs that up, right? But it it, it shows that uh, a belief in a God, or uh, our, in our case, God, yes. uh, it makes it makes a huge difference. And so that is that is really cool. Yes. Now, COVID nineteen has obviously affected our world greatly over the last year and more than a year. How? How has COVID-19 affected your work and the women that you are working with? Yeah. Um, COVID-19 pandemic is it's really um, a situation where people were asked not to come together. We were asked to have social distancing. And every situation, every pandemic in the world has always bring people together make people to come together, fight the, 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 the problem together. But this particular one is asking us to go far away from each other. So it was difficult to bring women from their communities um, to, to, to the center or to where we are going to have workshops with them um, because of the restrictions on, on movement, restrictions on, on gatherings and um, the fear of the COVID-19. So it made it difficult for people, for for us to to help people that are being um, that are being sexually violated. Um, in fact, the restriction did not stop the violation. The persecutors or the terrorists they still moved around in in the in the villages or in the in the bushes and they still um, commit these crimes. While we are not able to either go there or for the women to to come for the for trauma healing. So it made it difficult for us to be able to reach them. And it means that, that meant that the, the, 
the problem they had, the, the, the trauma had to linger, had to stay a very long time before they are able to get help. So it was really a hard time um, seeing people with trauma. You hear news every day and you can't do anything about it. You can't help them um, to be able to heal from their um, emotional wounds. So, so violence has gotten worse over the pandemic and it's been harder to, to meet together to do the trauma care. And so that's really compounding the issue, making it, uh, making women live with trauma longer. And it's something probably that a lot of us don't think about when we think of the pandemic. We think about here in, in Canada, we think about the, the issues it's caused us and the social distancing and not seeing people and not being able to, uh, you know, do the things we normally do. But uh, it's been a lot worse for others. And, and so we really need to remember these women in our prayers for sure. Let's talk a little bit about persecution and, and sexual violence, abduction, how all, all of this, how is sexual violence being used against women and the church? From my studies, I've discovered that when women are being, um, when, I, when women are being raped or where there is sexual violence, the 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 purpose of the purpose mainly is domination it's the fact that we want to show our power we want to show that we are these people are powerless um they are powerless before us and so it's it creates a kind of fear it's it's something that um they want to do it's to create fear in the hearts of the people to dehumanize the women demoralize them and the, it's a proof of, of power um, for the abuser. They feel they are they are power. They are powerful, and most importantly, it's a way of trying to destroy the people's faith in God, uh, and telling them that if your God was was powerful, why didn't He strike us down? Why won't He do this? Why won't He deliver you from our hands? And so. For we we have seen a, a a situation where a community there was a community rape, and women tell us that they tell them face to face that where is your God, and it's better for you to just turn and become a Muslim because you don't have any God. Your God is not powerful mm -hmm. enough to save you from our hands. So I think the effect of um, the effect the way they use it against the church is to to destroy the faith of people in God, telling them that there is no God. But um, it's surprisingly, it's surprising that that with with the with their efforts and their purpose and their goal to destroy the people's faith, it makes people, you know, um, stronger in faith. It builds more faith in people because they feel if our God is like their God, then there is no point having God, you know. So yeah. I I think um in our experience, it's it's a way of showing domination, showing power over of um, whoever they are trying to dominate or whoever they are fighting. Mm -hmm. That's amazing that that even amidst the trauma, it it can strengthen people's uh, faith. And and so we, we pray that uh, I mean, we, we obviously pray that uh, that our sisters uh, will not face that kind of trauma. But we do pray that yeah. God will strengthen them even as they uh, as they do face this type of trauma. Can you tell us a bit about the hardest part for you as a trauma counselor when helping people who have experienced horrific trauma? I think one of the hardest part is trying to play, play the role of God. 
when you want to play God in the lives of people, you want to solve all their problems, you're not able to solve the problems. It's really, it's really affects me as a trauma caregiver, or as a trauma counselor, because I feel so they have needs other than emotional needs. Okay, I want to meet these needs and I want to feel, I want to make them comfortable. I want them to forget mm. their the trauma. Trauma healing is a process. It's not something that you just start at once and it's and it's over. You, you get over it. It's a process. So for me, the hardest part is not being able to meet all their trauma needs. Um, and you see them, you see how 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 the they are, and you're not able to take away, just lift up the pain and wipe away the memory of what has happened to them. It's difficult for me to try to take away myself from being God in their lives and allowing God to 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 be there for them, and then they see God instead of seeing me. But I I thank God that God is there. Excellent. Ultimately, it is God who is our healer, but often it's easier to see the 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 people that are in front of us. And so, uh, you know, we pray for you as as a trauma counselor as you're as you're dealing with such helping people deal with such horrific trauma. We understand uh, that you need prayer as well. And so, um, when we pray at, at the end of our call, I'm going to make sure I, I pray for you as well, uh, just to, to help you as you. Be God's hands and feet in the in these situations, in these trauma care. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Join us next week for part two of the interview, where Turam will tell us some stories of persecuted Christians and how we can be praying for those who are experiencing significant trauma. Just a reminder that this month is the One With Them campaign, and we're only a couple weeks away from June 27, a day for Christian captives. If you haven't already taken the prayer pledge, you can do so at onewiththem.ca. You can also get a full resource kit for your church to use on June 27. It has everything you need for a full Sunday service to pray for Christian captives. So thank you again for being a part of this, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly from Open Doors Canada. For more information on how to pray for our persecuted family, please visit our website, www.opendoorsca.org. Click Get Involved, and then click Prayer.